Celtic is one of the biggest clubs in the world, and um, to see this stadium and this ambience that is in this stadium that is just wonderful, and I'm, I'm very pleased that I'm going to be a part of Celtic Club. Delighted. Um, I can't wait to get started in the summer. Um, obviously, I've got I've got um, a duty to St Mirren that I've, I've to go back and hopefully have a positive um, second half of the season with them, and then I really can't wait to get going. I'm a defender that, that is good with the head, uh, good, good in passing and I, I think um, my experience and uh, calmness with the ball and also against the ball and, uh, is going to help the team. Young Lewis is a player that I've admired since he's been up here when he played against us and watching him play for Scotland under 21s and St Mirren. So I've been impressed with him and I think he's one that uh, can be developed. And I think Marvin was a natural one with the possibility of, of maybe losing, you know, one of our centre halves and, and with some of them with the record of, of being injured. Then I, I felt it was important to bring in someone of that experience, not just for now but for over the next few years. Welcome to paradise. Hello and welcome to the 90 Minutes in It podcast. I am your host, as always, host with the most, I've been told by my mum, Chris Gallagher, the Kaiser, and I'm joined by an illustrious panel, um, two of the most handsome men I know, uh, the housewife's favourite, Louis McAfee. Let's go back to basics, back to basics. Back to where it all began. Back to where it all began. I'm here, Chris. Good to be here. It's been a long hiatus. Hiatus. I've been in Dubai. I've not been in Dubai. I wish I was in Dubai, but um, no, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm rested. I'm ready. We were were at our secret training camp uh, over the the piece. Uh, Louis was reading books and checking his diction and pronunciations and all that. (laughs) Thank God you said shh. (laughs) Shh. Keith McGinty. Good evening, Christopher. How you doing? I'm 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 good. You're looking you're looking terrific. You look you look like you're primed and ready for business. I'm looking like a, a team leader. That's that's what I feel like. Wow. You are you for today. You look like a team le- leader from I've the, the chinos. I've got the V-neck jumper, but I've got a pair of cons on as well. Keep yeah. it slightly casual. Looks like he's the team leader from the Luton branch. Don't quite know what the Luton branch is, but <laughs> let's go with it. Let's go with it. Uh, no, it's good to have you here, Keith. It's been I well. You, you, you two guys were on the last episode. Were we? Maybe. Who One knows? Before Christmas. You are. You weren't. I was not. You are not. Uh, but yeah, we had our um, 90 Minute Cynic night at uh, Drygate, um, which was fun, chatting about Italian Serie A uh, in the 90s and masturbating over craft beer. Craft side. Don't look at me with those eyes, I wasn't there. Uh, you weren't there, but you were there and thought. Wow. If you know what I mean. You pulled out. <laughs> Someone had to. <laughs> that was an unintentional, hilarious joke from Keith there. Uh, but no, so we're back. Uh, Scottish football's back after. Well, sorry, let me repeat that. The Scottish Premiership is back, or the Scottish Cup is back. Um, I know, I, I really Off to a bad start. That. Off to a bad start. 
I'll be honest with Whoops. you. Uh, but no, so we, we had our first game uh, at the weekend uh, since the start of the winter break against Brecon. Uh, did you see that game, Keith? I was at that game. You were at that game against Brechin. Can, can I ask you a question, Keith? Uh, the, the the game wasn't on the season ticket. No, I think it was about fifteen pounds, twenty pounds. Fifteen pound, twenty pound. It's not 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 too bad. Not too bad. Uh, c- could have been worse in a lot of ways. When we've not had home cup games for the past decade, it's you start to notice it when we keep getting all these home. Yeah, when it starts to become a little bit more. So bit of a pain. Bit of a pain in the arse. Uh, first game back, um, you know, the early goal killed it. The early goal killed the game for, for poor Brecon. Um, what's your kind of take on it? Well, it was it 49 passes before we scored without them touching it straight from kickoff? Yeah. That's the only stats you're getting from me, none of this. I enjoyed that pod the other night. That was that was really good. That was the best thing about it, let's be honest. He um, brought it down, layman terms. It down, grabbed it down, took it down. Man's man. Gave it a wedgie. Um, yeah, so straight from kickoff, total domination, passing it side to side, just try to tire them out. One thing I noticed just before we scored was um, Rogers going tonto at Sinclair, who'd drifted inside already, whistling and um, looking quite agitated at him, telling him to get wide. He did, the ball went wide to him, he skinned the poor right back for the first time of umpteen times within the first 20 minutes and uh, squared it to Forrest who calmly side-footed the ball home. It was uh, an absolutely t- tremendous finish. Um, just how how he let the ball come across him and how he hit it. Yeah, um, used the pace. Yeah, exactly. Let the ball do the work and just direct it. Forrest can be sometimes criticised for maybe a little bit lacking in composure technique but that was genuinely quality. Um, there's not really a lot to go over in terms of this game. It was uh, very professional Brecon didn't really have any opportunities. Uh, who scored the other goals? I can't remember off the top so of my head. So we had um, Forrest first, then Sinclair, Nacham, Boyata and Edward. But even before the game kicked off, you noticed the difference in physique between the Celtic players and the Brecon players. Yeah. Their striker didn't look match fit to me. Until the, the, the boy that they started with up front, he was... Portly, shall we say? Yeah, one one can I again the fat. He's fat. He was fat. He's fat. He was a fat. So um, didn't even see him. Portly's fat. There was uh you know, Celtic very professional, got the job done, uh, did what needed to be done. Um, however, one little kind of slight concern would have been uh, the striker who came on for Brecon. I can't remember his name. Um, fast sort of pacey winger took on Ayer and uh, really gave him some trouble. It was only it was only a, you know maybe two or three part different passages of play, but there was one specific one where he stopped the ball dead of him, um, beat him quite substantially, yep. got into the box. Ayer was really trying to grab at him, and you know trying to get at him. It, he didn't didn't lead to anything. It was fine. There was one more time after that where he took him on and kind of beat him again. A more wily striker would have waited for a wee bit more contact and probably went down the box. So this is one way yeah, in the right yeah. and then down the byline. Yeah, I will learn from that, you hope, but that striker looked decent. He looked a level above the, the rest of the players in the, the breaking side anyway. Yeah. So you would imagine that he's just going to use him as a, a stepping stone, maybe get a move. Yeah, and that's the thing, Louis. Um, Ayer maybe uh, looked a bit shaky for, for that one or two passages of play, but he'll learn from that. He's going to make mistakes. Yeah, no, he's been doing very well. Well, he was doing very well before the international break. Um, and his, I mean, 
let's face it, he's established himself as a first team player now, pretty much. Um, and I think it's great. I mean, he's got all the attributes that you would want. Um, he's dominant in the air, which is something that, despite having Yozo and Boyata, I don't think neither of them are particularly dominant. Um, aggressive. Not, he's quite aggressive. Aye, aye. Um, and he's he's good at playing out from the back, which neither Yozo or, or Boyata are. So he's got all the attributes, but of course he is still learning. He's young. Um, and... I mean, although he's he's played some time at Kilmarnock in centre half and now at Celtic a wee bit, he's still relatively naive and, and inexperienced when it comes to playing that position. So it's going to take time, but I think I, I really hope he stays in the team for the rest of the season. And I don't care about whether we're playing in the, the Europa League or we're playing in big cup games or whatever. That's where he needs to learn. He needs to get the experience of those games. He's going to learn, no offence to Breakin, but he's going to learn more in those games than he will against the likes of Breakin. But he sh- for me, he should be first pick for the, for the centre-halves. And with a, with a view to him being, you know, number one choice next season, if we could get Comper in, although he's, he's injured just now, if he comes in and gives him a bit of guidance... Beside him, I think I think he might come on leaps and bounds, but of course he's going to make mistakes. Yeah, and that's the thing, though. He is going to make mistakes, but I'm very confident he's going to learn from those mistakes. He's going to develop, and uh, you know, there's a difference between a 19 year old making mistakes and a 31 year old making mistakes, and that's the frustrating thing about um, you know watching older centre halves kind of stumble. <coughs> Excuse me. You're right enough, though, that he should be getting the rest of this season to to develop. We completed Scottish football last season, so. The only thing that we've yeah. really got to look forward to now is, well, we've got the, the league, the Scottish Cup, by all means we'll try for that, but Champions League's going to be really difficult <coughs> this season, and if we can get an established back four, five with the, the goalie as well, then that's what we really need to concentrate on. Let me let me jump in here, um, we're obviously going to focus on where we are at the moment in terms of squad, in terms of transfers in and transfers out. Um, and we're going to touch on a lot of that. But we didn't really have a retrospective um, for this uh, first half of the season, and we're not going to go, you know, delve into it too much because, you know, we do a weekly podcast and people will know or can kind of guide our thoughts and see what we're thinking throughout throughout the season. Having said that, um, what is your take on the first half of the season, Louis? Um, positives, negatives, um where we think where we are, where you think maybe we should be or we shouldn't be, and uh, even a touch on the European point of view. I think it's a difficult it's a difficult question to answer because of how you know are you measuring against the levels of last year? Or are you measuring against the the normal levels of previous years? It's diff it's difficult. Last year was such an exceptional year. The fact that we are not at those heights doesn't mean that we're doing appallingly bad. But you all, I think one thing that Brendan Rodgers always goes on about and the one thing that we want to see is progression. We want to see the players and the team progress. And I don't think we've progressed much this season. And, and certain individuals, I think, have maybe gone backwards. But Example? Stuart Armstrong... Yep. Not the player, not as influential as he was at the start of the year. I don't have as much, uh, last season, I don't have as much confidence in the likes of Craig Gordon. Um, 
Tierney's not lived, not been as good as what he was last season, but obviously that's probably fatigue. Things like that. I just think the style of play, Rogers obviously when he first came in, he had, you know, that initial six six months where he's trying to get his methodology out there, he's changing things, everything's fresh, you can see the players, you know, for the one one thing in particular was the pressing. The pressing was something that he wanted to make sure that we was a key identity of a, a Celtic team. And at first, you could see them all hunting in packs, and the pressing was brilliant. And you could you could see it. I mean, the untrained eye could see that they were pressing the ball all over the pitch. Now, I don't think there is as many, you know, standout or obvious kind of tactics. You know what I mean? Even the pressing, the likes of the pressing, I don't think it's done as well as what it maybe was at times last year. And, I, and there's so much, there's been so much chopping and changing the first half of the season. We've not had a consistent team, so I don't know. I, I think I, I think the team and Rogers kind of era at Celtic has kind of it's not progressing as as steeply as it was in the first season which is maybe fair uh, interesting points I, I agree with a lot of them what I would say and what my take on it would be is last season was ridiculous last season was uh, as you kind of mentioned almost like a once in a lifetime season we won everything domestically uh, we put on a semi-decent show of it in Europe uh, highlights obviously <laughs> being the draw in um, München Gladbach the, the two draws against Manchester City um, just qualifying for the Euro- um, Champions League general so we started on a really front foot we did something that we hadn't done for the last two seasons so from the very start or the beginning of last season we were doing something uh, you know different and exciting this season um the fatigue of last season's probably caught up in the players. Uh, Scott Brown mentioned today that uh, he they only had about six days between, uh, kind of six days off between their holiday and uh, like because they played in the Scotland games as well. Um, some players were on an international duty. They didn't have an extended period of time off, yeah. so they still had the fatigue of last season. That certainly affected it. Expectation levels is affected it. I think you made the point at the beginning of the season. It's the the classic second album syndrome where you hit outcome, you know, the the strokes come out with one of the best albums you've ever heard. The second album's great, but in comparison to the first album, it's not as good. This season has been fine domestically. Uh, We've not... I I feel Celtic still lack a little bit of cohesion. Um... I think the biggest issue, and it's something that you just pointed out, was the lack of consistency in personnel. Um, injuries don't help us, you know. But Dembele's been injured, uh, Griffiths has been injured. Um, but even still, when all three were injured, uh, when all three were semi-fit, just kind of um, November time, he was still, you know, giving a Dembele a start here, then Eddie a start here, and then Griffiths a start. It's almost like he doesn't have uh, faith from a fitness or just confidence point of view in either of them to kind of start them for a run of games, which has been disappointing. Um, this, season's, this season's been fine. It's just not... I, I'm still kind of pissed off about how badly we performed in Europe. I think part of that's down to, well, like you said, Europe. That's the, the main part of our first part of the season is how Rodgers has been so loyal to the players that got us there. And... 
they're the ones that he's kind of stuck with throughout. <laughs> we briefly saw at the, the start of the season players like um, Ralston come in. He played against PSG. We've not seen him since. And I know he's been injured, but he's been back training. He's been training with Scotland. We've not seen him since. Um, fleetingly, we've seen uh, Mikey Johnson coming in recently. It wasn't until December that we really saw Edward. So players that have got us through the big tough games, that's the ones that he's relied on. But like you said, they've been knackered. Armstrong's been a shadow of the player that he was the previous season. Because we've not had players like um, Roberts and Rogic, they're the flair players, they're the creative ones, the, the real sparks. We've not had the entertaining football that we, we had last season and I think that's been one of the, the big problems. Players that he's brought in, so who did we bring in during the summer? And Cham was the Edouard. Edouard and Cham was the main one. Um, Johnny Hayes. Johnny Hayes. Barely saw them. Um, Hayes didn't really quite hit the ground running. Hayes broke his leg just as we were starting to get oh, decent It's such run. a shame as well. It's such a shame, genuinely. But and Cham had been in and out, and the Hearts game where we were finally beaten, we all crying out for him to play in that game but it was as if he didn't trust Ncham after the the Hibs scare <coughs> yeah. because it, it was as if Hibs outfought us and that's kind of what he thought that was going to happen at Tencastle so it's as if we're needing to push on that wee bit just either buy in better quality players that are going to go into the first team <coughs> or have a wee bit more faith in some of the youth players Forfeit a couple of draws or losses, but actually give these boys the experience so that we're going to have something a wee bit different because it's getting a wee bit stale. Yeah, I think that that's the one thing that you're saying there about loyalty and stuff. I think that's my worry a wee bit. See, what he likes a boyata. I think he 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 boy loves shat it. Eh, boy, shat it. Aye, him. I think uh, Rogers. Lo- better in my head. I think Rogers loves the fact that he works so hard. To get back in the team. Yeah. You know? And I think he really wants to reward them with that. But I think he's blinded in many ways. I, I think he, he gets... Sho- he's almost shoehorned into the team. Now, personally, I think Yozo is a better player than Boyata. And fair enough, he's put in Ayer finally. <laughs> and he's given Ayer his chance. And it's working. But why is Yozo not the one part- partnering you know, I, I'd imagine that Yozo's time's up. I, I, he's not. He's been on the bench. It looks like it. He's been on the bench. What I've almost it's for the last four or five weeks since he came back from injury, or for the last four or five games, he was on the bench against Rangers. Uh, uh, you know, it, it just. Oh well, yeah, it's time. I, I kind of feel sorry. Yozo's time's up. Armstrong, Armstrong's another one. He bought in Cham for all that money, as you say, and then you know Armstrong goes in and. I know Armstrong, I, you know, an on-form Armstrong has a lot to offer, but you've put the money, you've hyped this player up in Cham, and then it takes them ages for him to get a decent run in the team. You bought Kuasi, shows him, get him out. <laughs> get him out on the pitch and shows him. You won't hear a, an argument from me, I, like, I, I love Kuasi. I, I, I don't know if, I don't know if Brendan Rodgers is... You know, being frist- if he's frustrated at the fact that the board won't release enough money to go and buy the quality needed to go in right away, so he's buying more project players because that fits in with the model of the club. But then, purposely, he's not playing them for ages because 
he's trying to make a point, or he's just lost his boss. I mean, come on, let's buy players if you're confident enough they're going to take us to the next level they always talk about taking us to the next yeah. level we are not at the next level if anything we're sliding a bit because that performance in Europe that, Europe, like that, game. that, that wasn't like game. as good uh, yeah but we essentially had two 90 minutes no 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 I'm going to say what I'm saying is the Anderlecht game at home was the first time where I thought to myself this is Roger's fault yeah. Now people will, Me turn too. Around, people will turn around and they'll say, blame the players, or blame the players. If it was any other manager, the manager would be put under scrutiny. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with the manager making a mistake. Right. There's nothing wrong with the manager getting criticised. Every manager or being criticised, it's fine. Or being outthought by the other manager. Yeah. The, the, criticising Brendan Rodgers is allowed. And the Anderlecht game at home is the game where I thought, he's fucked it here. And the reason he fucked it was because he had, didn't start with Encham. Encham came on in the second half mm. and started to really impress. But then it's since that game that Encham's really been, been back in. Been back yeah. in you know? So exactly. he, he clearly knows that himself. But I just I just get a wee bit frustrated and I know we're going to come to the transfer window and all that. But, you know, if you're going to say something, you need to back it up. And if you're going to take us to the next level... Show us how you're taking us there. If you're going to have a revolving door of a transfer window, show us it. You know, and it's great him buying the Lewis Morgans of the world and the Kuasis of the world and these project players who are going to be great in a number of years' time. But is he going to guarantee that he's going to be the manager of those players in so many years' time? Can I just jump in for a second? Jump in. Kuasi costs £2.8 million. That's a lot of money. Yeah. But a club like Celtic, that's a lot of money. Um, and if he is a project player by the way from what I've seen of Kwasi which is very very little because um, none of us have seen a lot of him um, from what I've seen he's impressed me he started again it's a guy who maybe started to look like you know he played I think two or three games around October time he played against Dundee it was him and Cham in midfield they looked very impressive when Scott Brown was out um, and then just dropped um, it, in fact he might have got injured he did, he did, Come on, injured. He did get injured yeah. Kelly. but yeah. then I mean Roger, uh, Rogers himself said that Kouassi is Brown's replacement you know which is odd because <coughs> in essence by coming out and saying he'll replace Scott Brown to me it's like well he's not going to play if Scott Brown's fit and if Scott, yeah. Scott when, when does Scott Brown not play Scott Brown plays even when he probably shouldn't which is down to him have, and something I really admire, the fact that he's so determined and he wants to. But, you know, maybe drop him. Not drop him, maybe rest, rest him. him yeah, yeah. Absolutely rest him. I mean, that Why br- did Scott Brown start against Brecon, for example? Yeah. You know, yeah. is there a need for Scott Brown's our captain and he's imperious and he's going to drive us through? Do we need Kieran Tierney, sir. Yeah. Kieran Tierney's captain the team numerous times already. Give him the captaincy, put Kouassi in. I don't know. I just it's it's again loyalty though. It's I mean he done it. He done it with Gerard to his co- cost him a league title and that fanny slipped. I, I've got a worry that he's got he's doing it with certain players and Brown. Although when Brown's on form, Brown's brilliant, you know. And I'm not knocking Brown, but at the same time we have to. If you've bought a player, he bought Kuasi when last January. Yeah, last Was January. It? Yeah. Last January. So that's a year. The boy's been here. Can you see Brown not being in the team this time next year? Probably not. So you've bought the replacement of your cap, centre midfield captain 
two, three years in advance. That's got to be wrong. The he's, other thing he's is... He's played nine games Jesus. in a year. The other th- calendar year. Free right. Kouassi. The other thing is, you've got to bear in mind, we've got the Zenit game coming up. So, we're trying to get a wee bit of momentum going into that game. You tell me you're going to start that game with the Bowie Kouassi ahead of Brown. Listen to this. Brendan Rodgers apologies Jesus away you go away come on now go, come on now I'm not joking no, no, no. You, you were to write down your team that you would want to play against Zenit right now Kuasi but it's not, 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 but it's, no. not it's not about now and it's not about the next, like, next couple of weeks we've got four it's, games left yeah but it's not about now and it's not about the next couple of weeks it's about the fact that you bring, bring a guy in in January for oh. two and a half, 2.8 million quid you you, you He's lauded as a, <laughs> one of the great kind of young players of his generation from the countries from. He's talked about how he's going to be great, and I, I actually don't doubt he will be. Um, but you think that in a calendar year, even with the injuries he's had, because he has had injuries, let's not think injured the malaria, right? But let's not kid on. You know, nine games in a year, but isn't a great. You know, he should have been bedded in at some point. The, the, yeah. other, the other thing, Keith, though, Scott Brown does not need building up to the Zenit game. Nah, Scott Brown could not play a game nothing, yeah. and then go in against Zenit and he would perform. The we, guy, the, and it's not as if he needs to gel with anybody around him. It's we've got, we've, mm. got four, we've got four games, right? So if you include the breaking game, we've got the breaking game and then we've got the Partick Thistle game tomorrow. Then we've got the Hibs game on Saturday and then we've got Hearts on Sunday. Uh, sorry, um, Tuesday. Hearts on Tuesday. So we've got four games, right? Two of them are games where we'll have to raise our game. So I would expect Scott Brown to play against Hibs and Hearts. Yep. Absolutely. Alongside... Does he need to play in the Partick Thistle game? Away from home? Does he need to play in the game against Brecon? I don't think he's played enough games with Ncham that they have that good an understanding that we can just throw them in. If Zenit game's going to be such a big test, even the, the Hearts and the Hibs games, they're going to be tough matches there's enough games before the Zenit game I would say that they've got to play together just to keep that understand going because they're not going to know who's going to be ahead of them it might be Armstrong it might be McGregor, McGregor. Roderick's back in training now. he's back in training back well, in training today I don't know if we'll maybe rush him back <clears throat> he might be a, a, a substitute he might be in China um, he might be in China China um, so at, at which point <laughs> Louis starts supporting Shanghai Whatever, whoever, whoever team he signs. Who's this? Tam. Tam. No, it's not happening. So we've got, um, we've got the Partick Thistle game. We've got the Hib- they've got Hibernian at home, Hearts at home. Then Kilmarnock away before the Zenit game. Uh, so we've got four games. Um, interesting. I get Keith's point. I, I, I completely understand. But this isn't about the here and now. This is about where we should be. I think the biggest criticism I'll give um, Brendan Rodgers is the management of his squad and personnel, I think, is his biggest weakness. He's chopping. So, guys like Ralston coming in and Ayer coming in, and even before that, obviously this was Ronnie Dyla, but Tierney coming in, they didn't come in because they were getting an opportunity. They came in out of necessity. Ralston came in to play at right-back because Lustig tucked in because we had no centre-halves fit. Um, Ayers came in because Jozo and Boyata became bomb scares and we literally had no one else to play. And, and Boyata got injured and Jozo obviously um, is still in the team now. Tierney came in under Dyla because uh, of necessity. 
no, what, Mikey Johnson is maybe a little bit different. Mikey Johnson to me seems the first one where it's like I'm playing you because I this is this is your developmental plan yep. and you're going to come in and you're going to play. So that's great, but it's not it's it's not happening as much as maybe. And and by the way, this might be because the the talent uh, we don't have a good enough bunch to now. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not going to overly criticize uh, Rogers. Uh, for not bringing players through because you can only bring through players that you think are the quality Calvin Miller for example brought him in winger tried to revert him to a full back when Tierney was dying on his arse he could have played Calvin Miller as a left back he didn't because I I think he's seen maybe that Calvin Miller maybe doesn't have all the qualities that's needed to A, play that position and B, play that position for Celtic so and yeah he was on the bench at the weekend yeah Going forward, he is, but defensively he's not as sharp as Tierney is, because he is a, an offensive player. When I first saw him, he was playing as striker. Yeah. Then he was moved to, to, to left-back, left-wing-back type of thing. So, going forward, die Scotland, you could see him playing that in the Scottish Premiership, but for a defensive mind to, the, to his game, I don't know if he's quite... Well, he's nowhere near what Tierney has. The, 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 thing, that, the thing that worries me... About Rogers, and we've heard people say that he was the same at Liverpool and stuff. Is that he focuses too much on the offensive side and not the defensive side? Defensive. I know. I said <laughs> that weird. <laughs> but you know, if you like, well, we have we have no fullback cover at all, at all, and we have two shit centre halves with a teenager playing instead, and he bottled out with his goalkeeper. Brought a new one in. Well, shat actually, it. you know, we've got we've got time. We've got like, I've got questions. The back that that just I know it's difficult getting a a backup player in, but Jesus, Tierney goes out and Lustig at the same time. What? What pumped? Um, what worries me a little bit is, and again, you can talk about you know the mainstream media and how it's reported, but this is the quote from Brendan Rodgers was that Celtic have a very very good defence. I think most Celtic fans would tell you that we don't. But that's just, that's that's using stats to just, you know, back up any argument you want to yeah. make. See, see, see them, uh, now, the ha- so we're at a level, right? We're at, Let's be honest, we're a Europa League team who played in the Champions League. There's no harm, there's no harm in that, there's no shame in that. That's just realism. That's where we should be playing in Europa League. We qualified for the Champions League because of uh, hard work and because we beat teams who were pretty much at our level or below, and there we go. The fact is, when we went to Paris, we got so humiliated. Um, and people will be like, no, but we still qualified for the last, you know, we qualified for the last uh, 32 of the Europa League, so job done, it's fine, that's just part of the thingy. You know, that may all well be, be be well and good, but we defended like fucking school children and this is a defence that Brendan Rodgers says is very, very good. Now people will, will again turn around and say, but look who you're up against. You're up against Neymar, you're up against uh, Cavani, you're up against, um, you know, Di Maria, you're up against, you know, and th- there's no there's no doubt, but we made it easy for them. Yeah, by doing really, and, really by and and I know you know I made a joke last week about um, expect you know expected goals, expecting sh- expected shiting yourself mm. because that's what Boyata does. Yeah, that's what Boyata does. Jozo hides and Boyata shits himself, and um, these they just don't show any 
bravery on the ball, and that's all. That's all Rogers say, consistently says: just show a bit of bravery on the ball. Yeah, but then at the end of that campaign, after getting pumped like that, and then the Anderlecht game, and you know, at the end of it, you go, and then we find out we're getting Zenit. You think, Jesus, we need to do something here. Now, with a week to go in the transfer market, several games later in a winter break, do, does anybody feel more confident about facing Zenit? I no, don't. Not at all. I no. don't think any. I don't think we are in a better position now than what we were at the end of that campaign. It's just more of the same. Here's so, here's a question from Ryan Smith uh, at Ryan. ZZA59 What would be your opinion if we don't bring in anyone else this window? I think we have more than enough to walk the league and if we eye up quality in the summer then no worries. Uh, Keith McGintoyd McGinty. To quote a, a, a wise man I'd say we've shot it if we've not brought anybody in. Since Rogers has come into the, the team lauded as this great manager and how we're going to be backing them and we've got so many millions in the bank We've not brought anyone into that side that's going to transform Celtic. And there's many areas that it could be done, whether it's the <clears throat> attacking midfield, whether a, a goalkeeper, a, a, a strong, competent defender on the ball. And as we say, we've got the money to do it. But even if it was just that one player that was going to raise the standards of all the other players around them, there's no one that's getting as really excited just now. Yeah. To be fair, what I would say is, um, good points and I agree with you, but what I would also add is, we were crying out for a centre-half with experience and they've brought one in. By all means. But he's going to have to bed himself in. And he's not going to be able to play in Europe. What's your kind of take on that, Ludog? What, the window? The, the question. Compare. Com- the compare one, I think, is frustrating because... It's not it's not our fault to get injured, it's nobody's fault to get injured, these things happen. I think on the face of it, the experience that he's got and everything, I think he I think he's ideal for guiding someone like Ayer, I think he's ideal. Um I would like more of a physical presence. I I cannot claim to know this guy, but if he delivers that, then fantastic. Um We'll see. It just—it's very frustrating the fact that we've signed him and he's not going to be fit for three, four weeks. That's annoying. But I mean, if we don't sign anybody, I'll be bitterly disappointed. I mean, <clears throat> I think Peter Lowe, and I'm a—I'm a fan of Peter Lowe. I'm happy to admit that. I think the guy has, you know, steered steered the ship and been wise in what he's done, right? Yet, could, has he been frustrating? Is it frustrating sometimes when funds aren't released when you want them to be? Absolutely. And every year I'll probably say the same thing because it always happens. But I think he 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 hedges his bets during the qualifiers to see how what way it's going to go. Doesn't really want to spend any money until you see if you're going to qualify. And then you get him. Teases a wee bit, and you, you think, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna get, we're gonna spend some money. Nah, you'll get one player for four million. That's it. And then you've got enough because it's a given that you're gonna win the league. So forget about the league. See how the cups go. We're no spending money to win the cups. We're no spending money on Scottish football. It's just not happening. Then we go into the. We see what draw we get for the Champions League. We get a fucking horrific draw every year. Sorry for swearing. But we get a horrific draw every year. And we get that horrific draw and it's like, oh, well, I'm not going to spend money because, What's the point? let's face it, we're not going to get a group. 
you know what I mean, was the point. So, you know, that's that's that window gubbed. And then we get to January and it's kind of like, we're at the Champions League, we've won a trophy, we're going to win the league. Scottish Cup will be, well, kid on, it's tough, but it'll be in the bag. You know, and then, are we going to spend money for possibly two games against Zenit? Nah, probably not. And then we're back to the cycle again. I think it's very frustrating, but, you know, if there's one person that can change that cycle, it's Brendan Rodgers. But also, piss him off, and I think he'll leave. Uh, Question from Scotty. Uh, Do you think we need a new goalkeeper? And do you think the club will buy one? I'll answer this, aye. Do you think the club will buy one? No. Not this transfer window, but maybe the next. Who would you like to see between the sticks? Anybody. (laughs) Um... Nah, we need a new goalkeeper, aye. That's been a fact for quite a long time now. This distribution is just horrendous. Horrendous. Have you seen a better shot stopper? I don't care about shot stopping. <laughs> I want distribution! <laughs> I want passes for the back. I don't care about shot stopping. No, listen, he can pull out a wonder save, but he can also come out flying with karate kicks. Right? The guy's a menace. Oh, come on, he he's not, not done that for a long time. You know I mean? Come on. He dominates life. We need a new goalkeeper. Um Again, it's kind of like the Brown scenario. I would like to see, you know, that's the position where you buy his replacement a few years in advance. Michael Worm. Fair enough. Michael Worm. No. The man I'm just looking Why up not? just now. Because he's about 32 or He's something. younger than Gordon. What age? 34. Piss Goalkeeper. Off. What age did um, Manchester United buy... Um, Aye, aye, Van der Sar. Sar. All right, all right. But no, everyone's going to be Van der Sar. I don't want a Van der Sar. I want a De Gea. That's you, what I want. You don't get young, good goalkeepers unless you develop them yourself. We'll find one. Aye. Right, no, I, will we buy one? Not this transfer window, but if we don't next season, I'm supporting somebody else. He's given, uh, <laughs> he's given, uh, he's given De Vries a new contract. I like big De Vries, man. See him <laughs> on the Instagram, he's wearing the snow and all that. That poor man's playing about in the snow. I prefer Bay. Bay's Instagram. Oh, he's a fucking... But he's into the game's a bit better than... Big Logan? Big Dorish. Oh, see, as soon as they leave the club, I'd delete them. Big Eric, man, I've unfollowed him. Aye, me too. <laughs> That's it, you're <laughs> gone. You're out of my life. Door. Um, okay, I've got Jamie at Jamie at Jamie67 underscore. Yes, Jamie. What do you think about the strike? This is for uh, Keith. What do you think oh. about the striker situation? And regarding Eddie... You calm down here, you all right? <laughs> And regarding Eddie, would you sign him? Do you think we'll sign him? And if you do, you would. Do you think it will be considerably less than the option to buy fee? Let's start with this uh, class act here. What do you think about the striker situation? Eddie's grown on me. I quite like his movement. I quite like his his hold-up play is actually not bad. But when you think the teams that we're playing against in Scotland, where it is quite a deep back four... I don't think we are playing to his strengths. I think he's a bit more powerful, a bit more pacey. Um, something that I've been crying out for, for for a while now. And I thought Cham was going to deliver it with somebody that can... See, when you're playing FIFA and you go for, was it, uh, L1 triangle? I'm not a child. We chippy through ball. Oh, aye. Right. That's something... I love that we chippy through ball. That's something that I thought... That Encham was going to bring to us. A wee chippy through ball. I think, I think a lofted right. through ball. A lofted through ball. I prefer a wee chippy through a ball. A wee wedge. So we've got players with pace that can that can Explain damage that teams. Space, yeah. So you've got Sinclair coming in for the left. Uh, in between the left, the right back and the, the centre back, 
into that wee channel. See if we were able to just drop the ball between the goalkeeper and the the last defender. Sinclair would be onto them, and he does those runs, but we don't ever look for them. And I thought Encham was going to be the player that would be at least attempting those balls. We hardly ever get in behind teams like that, and we get them move them about plenty and move them up to the 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 halfway line where there is space in behind and. Edward looks for that ball as well, but nobody ever looks to go for that pass. Brown's not capable of it, that I can think of. Um, McGregor doesn't tend to go for that. I think <gasps> oh, you're saying there's something that McGregor, that a deficiency in McGregor's game? Oh my God. Can I just say... Stop it? the press. My favourite part of the, the last podcast was, was you getting owned. Owned! When you were tell all about Cal Mack and his qualities. Do you honestly think I give a fuck about what any of those fucking people... Oh. I don't even watch the fucking game. Was, oh, you know, 2% of every pass... Two percent of every pass... Blah, 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 blah. Watch the game, pal. That's how you fucking know about football. Um, where are you going? I'm going for a piss. Fucking hell. Uh, my Standards comments, are slipping. My uh, comments... Anyways, can I just say about Eddie? He is a... A player that can play on the la- on the shoulder of the defenders. We're needing a wee chippy through a ball player. I thought Encham was going to do it. I think Encham and uh, Kwasi are capable of that. Let's go on it. Um, uh, my opinion and thoughts on Eddie is I just don't know. Um, I didn't think he played. I, I think the issue... <coughs> so I didn't think he had that great a game against Brecon. But I don't think that was his fault in any way. Because he... Every single, funnily enough, every single pass that Encham or um, uh, Gregor was trying to put him through to yep. was the wrong ball for him. And that's because we've not had consistency with personnel where everyone knows what everyone's going to do. French Eddie's still a bit of an enigma to the fans and it looks like to the players. Yep. Um, so, will we sign him? I don't think you would sign him on the... Ba- well, depends what happens between now and the end of the season. But... Between what's happened since the start of season to now, would I sign him on on this basis? I I, I couldn't see us signing him for any sort of big transfer fee, just because um, I just don't know how good he is or not. So what's the rumor? How how much is it? The rumor's seven million pounds. I see he's not worth that just now, and I don't see him being worth fifteen million in a couple of years unless. But you don't know. We need to remember. We need to put it in context. Dembele didn't score in his first ten games. Aye. And there was a period when Dembele first came to Celtic where he looked, um, you know, literally his first 10 or 12 games, he looked uh, he looked overawed, he looked like he maybe couldn't carry the mantle of being the number 9 for Celtic, he gets that, those first kind of couple of goals, and all of a sudden he gets to go against Man City, and it's a different world. Eddie's not had that opportunity. I'm not, I'm not comparing could Eddie. That be, could that be because he was number 10? Anyway, Kieran How gave up. How am I supposed to fucking work on that? Kieran work on gave up on uh, Dembele, if you Kieran remember. Kieran gives up on everybody. That's why Kieran's going to die alone. Anyway, back to Big Eddie. Sign him up. Sign him up. Sign him. <laughs> really? I, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't sign him for £7 million, though. Watch me. <laughs> Come on, lol. Come on. <laughs> Come on, it's time. I do love the way... Check out Charlie I, 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 I love how reckless he is. He's like, aye, fucking seven million quid. Aye, do you know. think we'll sign him? Uh, no, I think we might get him on another loan, possibly. I don't know. It's, the best thing that can happen for Big Eddie Boy is that Dembele leaves in the next week. And if, if he leaves, I think Dembele... I think Dembele and uh, sorry, Big Eddie ends up being first choice. I thought we were calling him French Eddie. 
<laughs> French Eddie? I've never called him that in my life. We were not calling him that, no. We're just going with Eddie. Uh, okay, so on that on that comment you made there about uh, Dembele, got a question from Aidan Ritchie. Uh, do you think Roger's comments on Dembele mean he, means he's going to be sold, or was Roger trying to motivate him? Um, also, who's winning the Royal Rumble on Sunday? Well, that's Daniel Bryan, of course. Um, either one of you, we can talk about Dembele. Keep, in fact, you he's know going, what? Do you know He's going. I disagree with you. Ah, he's going. Totally disagree with you. It's Hacksaw Jim Doggins' time. He's coming. He won back. the very first Royal Rumble. Did he won the very first. So who are these people you're talking about? Dembele, I think, is going to go. Uh, let me just actually pick up on the kind of points that um, Rogers Rogers was kind of focused to saying. Uh, there's been enough that he says there's been nothing official in terms of um, inquiries. I know some inquiries have come through to Peter, uh, but nothing concrete. The boy's fine. He's training. He's working, but it's clear that he's probably not seen being quite the same as what he has been for probably over a year or so. Absolutely fine. He, he's been injured. Um, my job as a manager is to ensure that the focus is purely on the Celtic and the team. He's a good kid, and for a lot of players, January is a difficult window, lots of speculation, but my job is always to protect the club and make sure that everyone who plays is totally focused, which I completely understand. And they were asked if he was... Um, Roger said he expected more movement in and out of the club this month, but was confident Dembele would still be a player after transfer deadline. Yes, 100%. He has come here and done great for us, but there has always been speculation around him. Uh, what's your thoughts... It's as if he stagnated a wee bit, and I don't know if a move for him would be quite good, just to reinvigorate him, and for us to get the money, but providing we're getting a really good deal, that money would have to then be reinvested in the squad somehow. I and yeah, I, I can't see it. I don't see us going out and there being another two or three, five million plus, plus signings coming in in the next week or so. That would only be if... You think of the money that we've made from the Champions League, from Van Dyke money coming in as well. It's, it's weird that we're not... Unless we can't um, entice people to Scotland, um, which is strange. Ben the Tim and Half Hour Hoops podcast, on that point, you're talking about bringing someone else in, are both asking basically about this transfer window and um, how quiet we've been. Uh, ben asks, how you know, we'll bring anyone in. And uh, the Half Hour Hoops podcasts are basically saying, what would you consider a success? Louis, mm-hmm. what would you like to see done? We've got a week and a half, a week and two days. What would you like to see being done to the squad in, in terms of the transfer window? And what do you think will be done? Wait, I, well, I, don't well, thi- I don't think we're going to sign anyone else. Well, well that would be... That'd be horrible. I think the I think if you look at the the players that have went out the door, I think Hendo's the only one that's been sold. That still hurts me a little. Um, the ones that have went out and loan, I think what they were right to go, and that's good. Um, I think the only piece of kind of dead wood at this point is Gamboa, because he's just not even close. Um, the rest of the players, I think we kind of need. Um, but then you've still got the likes of kind of like Boyata and Gordon and Beaton, these players that I would sell, I would try and, you know, get rid of, but that's probably in the summer. So for this window, I mean, all I wanted really was for us to focus on the defence. You know, midfielders, 
I get what everybody's saying about creativity, but surely Tam's almost back. Surely Pat and almost Tam back. are coming back. So I wouldn't want us just to jump in and buy someone for the sake of it in that regard. Um, strikers, if Dembele goes, I still don't think there's a massive need to replace him just now. I would rather wait and make sure we get the right man in the summer. Um but it's really all about the defence for me. I want to see us actually have... I mean, Lustig is gubbed. I'm sorry, but he's gubbed. How's he gubbed? He's gubbed. He can't run. He's like a dog that's only got three legs and you just need to put him down. <laughs> I don't know if that's what happens with dogs with three legs. No, I, I so many advances nowadays. There was one down the road for me. It was a big Irish wolfhound thing and it had three legs and it got a boot. But um, anyway, diverted a wee bit... <laughs> We need a, a, another, if Anthony Ralston's a boy, play him. If no, we need an R right back, get Gamble a shot. I mean, <coughs> out the door, no shot physically. When it comes to someone who's from Costa Rica, I'd rephrase <laughs> We need, <laughs> we need a backup left back and we need centre-halves sorted. If Eric Eric's gone, we now have four centre-halves, fair enough, but Boyata is a horse, Yozo is a horse. We need a new centre-half. So, in, in this window, you'd like to see both of them shipped out and two centre-halves brought in? Not, not both of them shipped out. I don't I don't think anybody else is going to leave other than Dembele. I don't think anybody else You think Dembele's going to leave? I think he'll leave, yeah. You think Jozo's going to stay? I, I think Jozo's away. I no, I, I think away. he'll go in the summer. I think Jozo's away. Burnley bound. I think Dembele will be the only one that leaves um, permanently. Um, and I think... We will, but I think we will buy a couple of players. But I would like to see another centre half. We need left back cover, um, and then we've got players that I think should get in the team and get a chance. Like who, for example? And I'm not trying to put you on Could the spot. Could who we've already spoke about? Um, who else? Mikey Johnson, would you like to see him more from a domestic standpoint? I mean, he's not. Yeah. Got, we've only got one European game, but you know, maybe if we're playing a um, Hamilton at home. For yep. example, maybe because he, he, he came I want to see Ralston. I want to see Big Eddie. I want to see uh, Devries because I just don't want to see God. Yourself, Keith. Keith, what's your from thought? the development squad? Maybe see players. I would like to see Hazard get a game. He's terrible though. From what I've seen in the the, the two the, games, the game I've seen he's getting rubber wrists. Mm, he seems he seems all right. Um, maybe even back up for Tierney. He's got Daniel Church. Um, Young left back is playing for uh, Scotland under twenty one seeds. More defensive minded than Tierney, but capable, which would maybe give a wee bit of balance over to the right hand side to get more attacking players there. Um, I don't. I, I've got to disagree with you. I'm not that down on Boyata. I see the qualities that he brings to the team, but I also see where he goes wrong and he makes mistakes. It's not just his fault though. There's maybe not passes on for him. Players go hiding. Armstrong, McGregor. That, that, Brown's the only one you would say never that, that's, hides. That's all well and good, but see that Hearts game? He personally shat it. See that Rangers game? Lustig was, was nearly out Lustig, the door. Lustig had a really bad 20, 20 minutes and then he was fine. He had a couple of wee mistakes in the breaking game as well. The guy, the guy he has played more games than anyone else in the entire... And, Chris, him, he's him, an absolute him, legend, him, but he needs to go. Man. Him and Tierney have played more games than Tierney, Tierney's played more games than anyone in Europe, pretty much. Yep. And Lustig's like three games behind him. 
is an old brown. Aye. Lustig is a... Is a I'll admit is maybe legs weren't he's what they were. He's looking at... He's just tired. Let's see what he's like when he's... When oh, he's you got to give him a wee cuddle? I, I, I just think... You're getting emotional. We massage. You are getting emotional. And what do you always... You used to say this thing about... Disassociate yourself. And all that push. Get him out. If they're done, get him out. When I think Lustig's done, I'll be the first to, to say I think he's done. I just don't think he's done yet. Do we need someone to come in and deputise it right back? Absolutely. He needs help. Hit Lustig right with anybody, whether you're domestic or in Europe. See the difference? In Europe, if you have a player who has pace and you put him up against Lustig, he's you will make chances. You'll create chances because he can't do nothing with somebody with pace. He's got. See, see, you, you look at I love him. You, I, love, I love Kieran Tierney, right? But Kieran Tierney, don't, don't people get in negative. behind Kieran Tierney as well. People get in behind our fullbacks because our fullbacks are pushed so high up. The difference between Kierney, uh, Tierney and Lustig is that Tierney when can was the last, quicker. When was the last time Lustig pushed up? Um, I was just testing you, by the way, because he get two assists at the game at the weekend. Well, there you go. So go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Podcast's over. <laughs> uh, I've got some stats. Oh, and some, some toys in the floor um, there. No, there's no, there's no stats. It's just facts and stuff. So basically, I, I was thinking, I was sitting, sitting today, thinking about transfer windows, thinking about January specifically, and how we've done in January. Is this during an unpaid break? Of course. No, this was uh, this was paid. <laughs> Absolutely paid. Um, so I was looking at it, and so I got some points and interesting kind of things. So for the last, ten, I went back ten years, and in ten years in January, Celtic have spent twenty three and a half million pounds, which averages out at two million one hundred forty thousand nine hundred pounds per year on the average the biggest spend we had was in 2009 and 2010 where we spent 5.8 million pounds now tell me some of those players 19 was that um was that mowbray mowbray lennon because mowbray Mowbray. up until what so you're talking about um mark antoine fortuny did we see that no, he was a jack he was who was the summer sign rasmussen 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 yes um big Sparrow legs, the defender went to Southampton. Hoyveld. Hoyveld. Yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll run through Key for two point one, Hoyveld for two, Ronya was a Bosman, Rasmussen for one point three, Kamara was a loan, Paul Slane was four hundred thousand pounds. Oh, the legend. The legendary Paul Slane. Uh, then we also brought in Braffide and Keane both on loan. <laughs> um so throughout the years I was kinda looking at um the players that we brought in in January. Um, how much you know when you bring someone in in January? Are you bringing them in because they're quality, or are you bringing them in just to fill a gap? Are you bringing them in because you need something in that space, or are you bringing them in just to appease the fans? Uh, what is the quality in terms of sell-on? So, out of all the players we we brought in, so over the last ten years we have brought in. Let me just see. Over the last ten years we brought in forty-three players. Okay. Right. And we only, when we've sold them, we've only got transfer fees for one, two, three, four, five, six. And four of them have been undisclosed because they've been so small. <laughs> so the only one who we've brought in in January who's performed well and we've sold... Key. is Key. Key. 
Key we brought in for two point one million and we sold for six. The other one who's actually got a really massive sell on value was Tony Watt, who we brought in from for a hundred thousand from Airdrie and we sold for one point two. That's so decent, it's a man. really kind of decent. Uh, but I just thought it's quite interesting because knows his movies, that boy. You should have a wee listen to his, his video things. He'll teach you a thing or two. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm just—I was just looking at in terms of the players we brought in, and this is just through January. In terms of players we brought in, we brought in 43, and I rate, rated and ranked them in terms of success and failures. So out of the 43 um, current players that we've brought in that are still here that we brought in, in January, eight. Um, there was, was Lustig one. Lustig was one. He was a free. He was brought in, Lustig was brought in 2011-12, where we brought in Lustig, Andre Blackman, um, Abraham Rabiu, and Pavel Brozek, and we didn't pay a thing. So that was all just completely free. We paid emotionally. So the season before that, the season before that, we brought in Capo, Lundberg, Watt, and Commons for 400000 and the season after that, we brought in Gershon, Rogic, Noring, and McCade. For four hundred thousand, oh, we bought so, some shit. So it? within the space of three seasons in January, we spent eight hundred thousand pounds on four, eight, twelve players. My favourite ever January signing has to be Ramon Vega. What a big gentleman that guy was! He wasn't brought in in January. Well, I'm saying he is. So we're we gone with it now. No, because there wasn't a transfer window at that point. There was not in two thousand and one. Aye, no. Aye, no. Aye, aye, aye. no. We signed him. No. Went on. Transfer window cup was brought in, I think, in 2003 or four. It's on jive. I'm talking sense. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so just in, in, in terms of, of January, it's, you know, not necessarily great time to, to, to do business. Um, yeah, with that, I think we should maybe... What's your thoughts on the Kenny McLean deal? Kenny McLean has left uh, Aberdeen to join Norwich, but then he's been loaned back to Norwich, uh, loaned back to Aberdeen. Uh, what did you make of him um, in the game yesterday against the Mid? Um, yeah, no, I thought I thought he was a standout. I thought he was really good against St. Mun. Just probably, I know I know he's performed really really well for Aberdeen and probably been their best player for quite a while. But it was the first time where I really noticed him and thought. God, you are quite good <laughs> in terms of his technical ability and on the ball. He just looked as if he was a bit of a class above, um, and I think it's 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 a good move for him. He'd already said he wasn't going to sign a new contract, and the fact that Aberdeen have managed to keep him until the end of the season is a great deal for them. Um, and obviously, they'll be getting they'll be getting some money for him. They'll think it's very much. I think he was Ab- at the Ab- end. Aberdeen get two hundred thousand and uh, St Mirren get fifty thousand. I think. Fan right, right, right. I mean that. I mean, he's much. He's worth a lot more than two hundred thousand pounds. Yeah. But obviously, just contract situation and stuff. But um, not a good player. Um, who be interesting if he to see if he does well down there. But I wonder if there was a, maybe any kind of. Link with the fact that Madison boy is playing so well at Norwich. He's Obviously playing very he, well, yes, he of was course. Talking him going for 20 million. I taught him and all that one. But obviously, he was up at Aberdeen and scored that one wonderful free kick against a, a team in blue. Yeah. But um, no, good move for him. Um, in terms of our business, uh, how disappointed are you with um, Henderson going? Um, at C. McCullough, 92. 
Will you guys be buying the Barry jersey? Yes. If we could have a retro kit, what would be your hipster sponsor of choice? Nintendo has to be Fucking Nintendo. Lovely. Good for you. Very quick. Fiona. Boom. Good. I would Nintendo. probably have Labats. JVC. Good. Arsenal's terrific. Lovely. Good work. Um, Henderson. Um, he's joined a CDB club um, that are looking for promotion potential to get to CDA. Brave. Keith. Aye. Very brief, and I wish more young Scottish players would do. Um, it's only going to increase his football intelligence. Um, hopefully, make him a bit more mature. But we've seen this already when he went to Rosenberg. Norway, yeah. Rosenberg. It's, it's great to see that players like himself are being brave like that. Um, I don't think enough players either get the chance or or feel. You say brave enough to actually go and do it. I think there's, al- there's also. They might not necessarily get the opportunity as well. People are, you know, it's not... Uh, someone like Tony Watt, did it really culture him when he went to Belgium or did it have no real... Well, he highly rated in Bruges in his uh, DVD. Which I was <laughs> incredibly disappointed in when I saw it for the first time the other week. I like the, th- the two actors, wonderful, but... Um, wasn't enough in it in terms of, you know, character development or just... The, I think like the dialogue was very schlocky. Jesus. How I feel about the nice guys. I think... Uh, well, you're wrong. That's a difference. <laughs> I think uh, Liam Henderson, I think, will do well in football because he's got that kind of mentality. I mean, he thinks outside the box. The fact that he's willing to go to places like Rosenberg and go to places like Barry, I think, is just brilliant. And he'll learn so much life skills let alone football and pasta aye coffee racist Um, Super Mario Brothers (laughs) do you think he's been watching Gavin and Stacey and think he's going to Barry Island get a wee Welsh classy no I think when he signed when he (laughs) he got on the plane to Italy and you know stayed with the strip and tried to do that's a lovely lovely uh, strip I'm gutted though I'm gutted he's gone I wonder why it didn't work I Liam Henderson, to me, has all the tools and attributes to be a top player. He's just never got the opportunity for a long time. But the Celtic midfield is tough. If you're if you're going to be a if you're going to be a midfielder, central midfielder for Celtic, you have to be a level above everyone else. And you sometimes, Callum McGregor got that opportunity because Ronnie Dyla didn't get the opportunity to spend money, and Callum McGregor had the time to grow into it. and Aye. grow into it. Aye. That doesn't always happen at Celtic. It's not happened with Kuwasi, <laughs> who we bought for £2.8 million and who's highly rated, as we said. He's hardly played this season. Hendo, though, man. But I know, I know. I, chance. There I, might be I, a second I, coming, though, because his wee brother's meant to be class. I saw I saw three of the UEFA uh, Youth Champions League games and his wee brother was <laughs> you hipster. Utter hipster. One thing I did like about... His wee brother was excellent in excellent. all three. I, you and none specifically PSU specifically PSU at, at Glasgow. So what? It's no, it's no Hendo original. Yeah. What were you going to say? Hendo like the, the thing. The Henderson's proven that he can do it elsewhere. He was instrumental in Hibs winning their first Scottish Cup in what 110 years. When you say instrumental, he came off the bench but and put in two uh, fantastic crosses. He well, was he that, at that, that point? That chippy through ball to uh, <laughs> to Gedetti against Inter Milan, <laughs> delicious. I agree with that. If he can do that, Natalie, oh my god, he did a wee hand. Delicious. He did like a delicious. Oh. Oh. Mario Bava oh. and all that sort of stuff. Fantastic um, man, Jack Hendry. Aye, sign him up. 
I like your I like your confidence. Seven million. Give me. Oh, oh Jesus! <laughs> no, 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 I'm joking. <laughs> See that rat man, that horrible human being, Neil McCann, coming out with all the shit of the day. One half million. Shut up, Neil. Neil, it's getting nothing to do with you. You're the coach. You're not the chairman of that football club. D- imagine turn- giving that chairman. There's there's a million. I know your manager says one point five, but there's a million. You can have it, and we'll transfer it to you. Is he actually going to say no? Brendan, if, if, if Brendan Rodgers was in the same position, you'd be like, on yourself, Brendan. You no. tell him what to do. Brighton, try to bid for Dembele. You get yourself no. fucked. It's like Graham Murray, ten million pound for. Morelos. Morelos. Why not though? Shut up! Why not though? Because they were getting six billion for Barry Mackay and they went for eight hundred thousand. Do you know what's even more ridiculous? Us saying forty million pound for them belly. <laughs> it's absolute moonbeams, man. But why not? If somebody comes round and t- But why not though? Because it's not offers on the table. But it doesn't matter. Why would you not talk your player up? See, Rangers getting criticised for saying we want ten right. million for him. No, no, it's no, not fa- worth fa- ten million. But fa- fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. But see, when you're willing to accept, you less. just said Madison is going for twenty million. I never pounds. said those words. Well, that's what this. That's what's quoted. I don't know why I call you. That's not fair. See, <laughs> the, the point I'm making though is you're saying one point five million, but you know if you offered, if we were offered, if Dundee were offered eight hundred thousand, they'd bite your hand <laughs> off for it. Do they think we're that stupid? Right? We Neil comes out in the telly, says one one and a half million. We go, all right, all right. Here's one and a half million. <laughs> no, shut up, Neil. Listen, I like, I like. Anyway, I Jack like, Henry, I would sign him. I yes, like, I like where he's coming from with the shut I, up, I'm, Neil. He might, he might be a horse. I don't know. He's tall. He looks similar to Ayer. <laughs> Let's get him in. I don't understand this. Horse he's better. He's what's happened to he's you? Better, he's better than Boyata. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because he's no boy at her. Well, He's better than Yozo because Yozo's injured. Sign him up. I've seen a lot of um, people saying, why are we signing on his shape? Blah, 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 blah. These are the same people who now want Liam Lindsay. Yeah. I would sign Liam Lindsay. He's good. Oh, look how well he's doing. But when he was at Thistle, if we signed him, we'd be like, why are we signing somebody for Thistle? Yeah, we should have signed him when he we was. We should have signed him when he was, you know, thingy. But Who does he now? Uh, he's now at Barnsley. Huh. He's, he's, he's doing very well. But that's the point, though. No, it's like, as soon as some. Like John McGinn, right? Um, whether we sign John McGinn uh, or not isn't the point. If John McGinn leaves Celtic, um, sorry, leaves Hibs and um, goes to a championship club, and it, let's say he goes to Nottingham Forest and he starts playing really, really well, and for- Nottingham Forest get um, promoted, see all the people who are saying John McGinn, John McGinn wasn't good enough, they'll be like, Celtic should have signed him. So like James McCarthy, when James McCarthy was at Hamilton, uh, uh, you know. I remember saying we should sign McCarthy and MacArthur. Why would you want to sign people from, from Hamilton? They're clearly no good enough. Ah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. As soon as they leave, it's like, oh, do you know what? They were good enough. Oh, maybe I just don't rate the league because I'm a fucking moron. Maybe you should watch more Stephen of Stephen Fletcher. Prick. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And that's, you know, I mean, it's... Paul at Green White Hoops agrees with you. He's saying after the last two games against Hearts, hopefully this stops it. John McGinn signing for Celtic nonsense. So... He's on board with that. Just bump him. Not not one game. Nah, I'm not being put off a player by one game. I think that's nonsense. I've seen him. I've seen McGinn enough. I take a vested interest. Vested interest seems like I've got shares in John McGinn. <laughs> I don't. I'm just. I'm just. I like. I like the cut of his jib. Um. I'm again. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I don't know if he's good enough to play for Celtic. I don't think you can tell whether someone anyone's going to be good enough for play play for Celtic. He's not as technical. Aye. as technically gifted as in Cham, for example. But he is. He covers a lot of ground. He's a decent passer of the ball. He's aggressive. Yes. He's a good player. He's got all the attributes. Um. Just because he maybe didn't shit doesn't shine every single game. Yeah. 
doesn't necessarily mean that he's might, a bad player. It might be to do with who he's playing with as well. Exactly. Having to cover them so much that he's either knackered or he's out of position where he it's wouldn't also, want it's to be. Also, it's also to do with the manager. Look at Stuart Armstrong when he was playing at Celtic under Ronnie Dyla compared to when he was at Brendan Rodgers. I'm not saying Neil Lennon's a bad coach by any stretch of the imagination, yeah. but Neil Lennon demands certain certain things that maybe don't suit how John McGinn plays. Whereas if you get John McGinn, if Brendan Rodgers gets John McGinn and actually teaches him technical aspects of the game, he might improve him. I don't think Brendan Rodgers wants John McGinn, so ultimately I think it's a moot yeah. point. But I, I just, I like to see good young Scottish players develop. Yeah. And I love seeing them going up against Scott Brown. I think yeah. the battles that they have... And he doesn't, he doesn't shy away from any of them. And he comes out and talks quite a few times, which myself and my dad, we absolutely like, love that about him. Which is kind of swayed us to think he'd be a good player, maybe somebody to take on the role after Brown's gone. But that's that's the thing, though. Like When uh, when Scotland were playing, um, Gordon Strachan was picking James Morrison, who hadn't played, not played all season, over John McGinn. Um, you know... It was an absolute joke. That's what cost Scotland because Gordon Strachan didn't have faith in Scottish-based players other than the Celtic players. And a lot of our support just assume if you're playing in Scotland, you're not good enough because you don't see them every week. You don't seek them out. You can see them if you actively seek them out. You can actually look and watch the watch and see someone develop by seeking them out. But if you're just watching sports scene or you're not even watching sports scene and you're watching the English Premier League and you're comparing players in the English Premier League to yeah. the Scottish Premier League, you're on a fucking hiding to nothing. Because a guy like John McGinn could be a, someone you bring in, he'll give you five years and then you could sell him for a decent a decent profit. And that's that's how we work. Sports scene's not the best for for your highlights because it is far too condensed but the on the is it the YouTube the SPFL YouTube that's that's excellent you get what five minutes for each game and you really do get a chance to see how players are developing through that Uh, Louis McCaffbot there has been talks and it looks like that Celtic and Rangers cult teams will be playing in League 2 uh, here are some of the kind of uh, technical aspects of the proposal. Neither team would be allowed to win promotion or be relegated during the pilot because it's a pilot. <coughs> um, neither team would be allowed to be uh, to win promotion or be relegated during the pilot if they finished bottom or bottom or finished top or bottom or in any of the playoff places. A senior team in the next place would automatically take the spot. <coughs> Neither side would benefit financially from the distribution of funds to the league. The Colt teams involved in the pilot project will also guarantee the purchase of a minimum of 250 tickets for each of its away fixtures at £10 per ticket, giving each, each team they claim a £15,000 lift each season. What are your thoughts on a Colt team? I like the idea of Colt teams. Possibly controversial because I've seen it getting a lot of hate. A lot of hate. A lot, lot, lot of hate on the Twitter. A lot of bloody people. Haters going to hate. People getting on. I'm, I'm, I'm angry about this. Uh, I need, this, I need this tweet. Worst list. Uh, I need to tweet and send some I'm hate. Annoyed. I'm just uh, speaking to my mate in the pub's not enough. Uh. But that's not been me. No, no I've been you, you seem pretty I'm good. Like, you seem pretty uh, cult teams. Like a cult team. I'm into it. Into it. Would I go watch them? Possibly. If they were put, I wouldn't rule it out. But this way, if. Uh, Celtic Colt team were playing Queen's Park at uh, Hamden, for example. Yeah. Why not? Aye. I mean, I I do think the development league, was it not the first development game back after the break? They get beat after somebody. 
and I thought we were dominating in the the development league, but obviously they've had players like Calvin Miller, Ralph Johnson, and Mickey Johnson, all that. These players who have made the step up and are kind of in purgatory you know, aren't they? They're kind of in a halfway house. We don't quite know. They're not development squad, but they're not really <coughs> first team. Yeah, and yeah. They're, you know, they're stuck in the middle just now, but. Um, so they're maybe suffering a wee bit from that, but I think these players playing against those, you know, playing against proper teams can only be a good thing. Yeah. I, I don't see why, I don't see the big negatives. Maybe, to be fair, I've not read into it I'll much. give you some of the, the teams. Right, so the teams in League 2, you've got Montrose, Peterhead, Stenhouse Muir, Annan Athletic, Stirling Albion, Elgin City... <coughs> Berwick Rangers, Clyde, Edinburgh City, and Cowdenbeath. But you're playing against men, and know that uh, like well, that is going to bring different challenges compared <coughs> to playing against people of your own age. Because if you think about it, right, all these these kids, let's face it, they're kids. They have played. They've only ever played with their peers from all age groups yeah. as they go up. Then they've suddenly got to be thrown in where they're playing against men in the first team. And that jump is just too big. The idea of them going in and playing against, you know, older guys and more experienced players, okay, it's League Two, but, you know, where do you expect them to go? Um, like, let me just yeah. bring a thing in. Um, Aidan Kerr, at Aidan Kerr, who's a. Uh, part of the SCB News Digital Politics reporter. Um, the Colt teams in the SPFL, I can't see how a 17-year-old benefits greatly from being halved by a 38-year-old in a plastic pitch in Montrose on a Tuesday night. He tweeted that earlier. Tony Watt responded by saying, do you have experience of playing against talented people your age and also against less talented people that are older but would put you through a wall to win a game? That's the point of it. Yeah. So, you know, I can see it being a benefit. Um, especially if it's generating a little bit more money for the the, the, the teams in the I, league. I wonder if are they going to keep up keep up that uh, Iron Brew Cup that mm. the Colts are in? Yeah, yeah. Because that that teams for like Wales and oh, Ireland. The, 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 yeah, the, well. the semi finals have still to come. It looks like a foreign team might win. Because I, I I I thought that idea was quite good. Yeah. The Colts teams got into that. I thought it, it was quite good. It yeah. doesn't get promoted enough by yeah our media. Our media are so obsessed with Celtic and Rangers that they don't promote Scottish football. Yeah. And I'm saying that as a Celtic fan. Yeah. Um. It's 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 a disgrace. The, the, the league see the league cup starting in the summer with the t- group teams and all that. That's great gets, idea. It's great, and it, it gets promoted by BT. It just doesn't get promoted by anyone else because it's not Celtic and Rangers that are involved in it. No. It's a disgrace. Um, well, you know, we're we're kind of at the end of our, our end of the show coming up for. Um, but that wasn't a sentence. No, we're wrapping up. We're wrapping up. Um, I want to make a point. Um, so Scotland. And we'll get to the manager in just one second. Scotland are playing Peru in Lima on the 29th of May. And they're playing a team in Mexico City on the 2nd of June. You've been there, haven't you? I have been to both places. Um, So basically... I've been to Scotland. It's lovely, isn't it? Great. There's basically a question we're being asked... uh, Just let me give me a second. It's about Celtic and qualifying for the Champions League next year because it took everything for us to qualify this year. Um... uh, it's from 
at RM Mackay72. Given the increased number of Champions League qualifiers next year, should Celtic withdraw players from meaningless friendly internationals and use reserve teams in league and Scottish Cup ties? Who needs another treble? Question mark. So maybe not. We can focus on at least the first part of it. Uh, so we are in the first qualifying group for the Champions League. So we're in. We've got the first qualifying round, second, third. Then it's the playoff. So we've got two, four, six. Eight ties. We're going to have eight ties before um, the the season even kicks off. Essentially, um, the first qualifying round is on the tenth of July. The season finishes the last week in May. Scotland have got these two friendlies, and it means going all the way to South America. You know, don't really piss off. This really also we're going to be missing Tom Rogic and Michael Lustig because of the World Cup. For these Why, qualifiers? Do you know what I want to know? Why are they... Uh, when on earth are the SFA going to... Or whoever it is that makes these daft de- decisions... When are they ever going to do something to help the teams that are going into That's these qualifiers? That's the point. And not just us. Aberdeen. Them. Like, help them. If yeah. you want Scottish football to improve, Drive. what um, other other football associate, associations do it? Why are, why is ours not trying to help? You've got to think that we're absolutely scared just now if we can't get, was it Anil? Michael Anil <coughs> coming to take over the national team. I think and that Mike, we're going to places like this to try and generate money because... Michael Anil didn't turn it down because of a money point of view. Michael Anil turned it down <coughs> because uh, the SFA are fucking idiots. I think Michael O'Neill wanted to be the manager of Scotland. Michael O'Neill lives in Edinburgh. Um, he sees it as a step up. I just think that they are so incompetent. And he's had a meeting with them and he's realised... Would you have to work closely with M- Mackay or...? I, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but the SFA fucked in this one because he had held talks to them because he wanted the job. Yeah. And there's no doubt about it. And it's, it's an embarrassment. It's another absolute fucking ready for the SFA... You make an excellent point. <clears throat> Celtic shouldn't have to withdraw these players for the champion. These players, there should be an agreement. The SFA should come and say, "We want Celtic in the Scott. We want Celtic in the Champions League. We want Aberdeen in the Champions League." So Graham Shinney's not going to get called up. Kieran Tierney's <coughs> not going to get called up. Scott Brown's not going to get called up. Stevie May's not going to get called up. You guys rest thingy. We're going to bring up. We're going to use this as a developmental training camp, and we're going to have two games. That's how it should be done. That's how. It, it, that's how every, anyone else would do it, but no. Scott Brown will get called up, Kieran Tierney will get called up, they'll all get called up. I don't up. know about that. Aye, they will. Was there no game against Jamaica a couple of seasons ago and they weren't we're called we're, up for We're travelling all the way to South America. You're not going to travel to South America with your reserve teams. There'll be something in place that Peru and uh, whoever else we're playing yeah. is going to turn around and say, we want a competitive game because... They've got Switzerland and uh, someone else that's very sort of northern European sort of place. Do you know, do you know what should happen then? See the clubs that are in the qualifiers? They should get together and go, don't withdraw your players, we'll withdraw our players, you withdraw your players, and show them. Yeah. Get, the, get together with Aberdeen, get together with Rangers, God forbid. Get together with them, get them all around a table and say... That this mob that are supposedly in control of us are not helping us. I don't understand why there hasn't been any sort of revolution happened with how incompetent. <coughs> I mean, I, I take it. Well, I take it. So there's a board of directors who a board that kind of decide all the things. Why has there not been a no vote against 
uh, Reagan because he's so fucking incompetent. But he's their face. He, they are the ones making all the decisions. He's the one that's taking yeah. all the brunt, yeah, that's and he point. loves to do that because he gets paid a fortune to yeah. do so. Aye, fair enough. It's just I don't understand why. Well, then again, I was going to say I don't understand why we don't do something. But what can you really uh, do? Who is their overseer for the the SFA? Because the, the clubs, the clubs, the SFA is put in place to run the club's administration, basically in terms of. The Scottish Cup in terms of the national team, and every all the money that goes into the SFA should should go back into the clubs, mm-hmm. and should go into the good of Scottish football. And I, as far as I can tell, it doesn't. Who would you like for the Scotland man? I know you don't give a fuck, do you? I, I do. I, this the generation of Scottish players that are, are coming through, the likes of Robertson, Tierney, and all the other young players. This is the time when, personally, someone who you know. My first World Cup that I really remember and took part in was France 98. You know what I mean? The last time Scotland were there and I remember it and it was great and I had a Scotland top and all that. See, since then, I've I've not cared. I'm a one-team man and that's it. Yeah. If there's ever a generation of players that I'm, I, there's a chance that I might actually watch them and, and support them again, it'd be this one. Mm. But see the managers on that shot, on that on the, the bookies <laughs> list... I mean, see if they, if they give it to Alex McLeish. I'm not watching. No. I'm not interested. Um, I'm a, I've been a long-suffering <coughs> Scotland fan. Um, and You can see it's really wearing you down. To be, to be honest, seriously, I feel sorry for you because they, they're, they're messing up the domestic game and they also mess up the national team. Yeah. But if they if they appoint... If they appoint... If they put a daft day like that... What, why should I, I, anybody care? If they appoint uh, an Alex McLeish, I really will. Just, I, I don't know if I could even... Because the guy walked out on us as well. Uh, I, I, Steve Clark, I think, would be a terrific... Uh, Good show. He would be perfect for everything that needs to be done in terms of developing players, in terms of you know letting players know exactly what their position is and what their job is. Um, Other than that, just... Marcello Bielsa. Bielsa is a good shout. For, for, just for Patter. Sam Paoli must be getting a bit bored at Argentina. Aye, come on. Abroad. Feeling that. Moise's contract's up. He's only got a six-month deal. John Collins. Increase the passing, the tempo. I think that's, that's the movement. Increase that's the tempo. Um... Yeah, well, you know, look, a lot of stuff. Obviously, we're just back. There's not necessarily a lot to talk about. Um, we've got Partick Thistle tomorrow, um, or today. Uh, depends when you're li- or yesterday. Depends when you listen to it. Uh, thoughts on that? Should be a cakewalk, and for all I was saying, that we need the the players to to gel together. I don't know. Maybe freshen up a wee bit. That's what I was saying. Yeah, but. You don't want to agree with me, is that? Just you don't want to agree. So with it'd be controversial, and all that. Um, we also have. I should start Johnston. We also have. Um, sorry, I'll get to that in just one second. We also have uh, drawn uh, Partick Thistle at home in the fifth round of the Scottish Cup. Sorry. Yeah, no, that, that good news. Um, I would start Mikey Johnston tomorrow when you go for wholesale changes. If Ralph Chops was fit, maybe start with him and Johnston tomorrow. Okay, um, and then just kind of... Same team as the, the the weekend. Maybe if uh, Boyata went off with a, with an injury, so you'd be looking at uh, either Bitton starting or Jozo, but I think, yeah, I think Jozo's gone. Yeah, I think Bitton. Yourself, you just... Uh, <coughs> for a wee bit of excitement, Kouassi, 
as long as I are still starting playing. to get in the Kuasi bus with me and Martin Friel. Brilliant. I, no, I've, always, I've never been off it. I've always been on it, but um, I, I'd like to see Kuasi. It's just you know, there's so many players where you're not, you don't learn anything from them, you know. And I like players that go in and you see something that you've not seen, and you you start. Like, it's like Ayer. It's great seeing Ayer just now because you've seen him and you're learning about him and as a player, and, and I like that. It's just. I mean, it's great that he's there, but you know, Kuasi would be the one I'd like to see. Mickey Johnson, yes, but um, he looks a bit too lightweight just now. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, 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 needs he needs to, to bulk, bulk up. See if we had a see if we had a Colt team where he could play against thirty-year-old <gasps> men. Boom, boom. Uh, just quickly, uh, let's just do a prediction for Partick Thistle and for Hibs. Just a score prediction. Partick Thistle three uh, 0 <laughs> Hibernian. <laughs> Uh, 2-1 Yourself? 3-0 for the Thistle tomorrow night and 1-0 to Celtic on Saturday Celtic Lovely I like the way you said that Uh, I'll go 2-0 tomorrow and 4-1 against the Burning Um, I think they've shown their hand and we're going to dominate life Uh, That's our podcast for this week Um, We'll be back next week of course every Monday that may be changing but we'll keep you up to date on that um, if you check us out on iTunes, uh, search for 90 minutes cynic dot, 90 minutes cynic dot com. Search for 90 minutes cynic on iTunes if you could subscribe and possibly leave a nice little message about how cool we are and you want to be our pal and we're all hip and all that. Um, you can check us out. Our, we've got a website, 90 minutes cynic dot com, with the supplement, which will be dropped. The ne- mo- no, nearest, newest edition of the supplement will be dropping. It's long. It's long. That was just, that was about to build to that. This, this supplement is no more. We're 2p overing. Uh, to pay over to the new name. What's the new name again? Offer Magazine. Drum roll, please. What, hold on. You can't just spring this upon us. You get a new name. Ah, we've got a new name. What's the, the new supplement? Was, it was it was nice. Served thing, but going for on brand. We're going for the cynical. Release date tenth of February. Tenth of February. Oh! There you go. You doing something for the, this episode? No. 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 See what happened to us, right? Here we go. Jesus. Right. Before Keith and the Wolf or even part of this conglomerate, I was the boss. You know what I mean? And then these two guys came in and I, I said, you know, I'd like to write something if that's if that's all right. You know, I applied for the job, didn't hear back. Can I just say you were the you were the old board Fergus and Mad Empty in this one. Fergus <laughs> <laughs> Fergus Wolf and I came in breathed a bit of fresh uh, air and this, this this feeling concept of I yours. Just, I think I've got I think I've got something to offer. I think you've got something to offer. And as I'd like to know ahead of time. I'll be coming out quarterly. Um be oh, called the cynical time. <laughs> <laughs> be, be called I'll the cynical a paragraph a month. <laughs> the tenth of February we're looking at a, a possibly twenty articles yeah. uh, coming out. Um hopefully do my very best um, and if I can get Bowden involved as well in PDF format so it's easy for you to read in and a stylish uh, little online magazine in your phone or tablet yep it should be interesting and um, uh, it's a delicious bit of business to be fair terrific, it looks terrific, terrific. the luckiest bit of appreciate, that. appreciate um, that I've got something in it this month so have you? aye we interview a forward <laughs> no an interview <laughs> an interview with who? well you'll see read the, read the cynical um <laughs> 
Check us out on Twitter at 90 Minutes Cynic. That's where we give our links to every sort of platform that we're on. Um, 90MinuteCynic.com, as I said. Search for us on Twitter, um, on iTunes. We're on speaker, speaker.com slash the 90 Minutes Cynic. Uh, we're also on Facebook, but I don't know. I sometimes <laughs> do stuff on Facebook. But like. Like. Share. Share. If, if you if you leave us a positive five-star review on iTunes, we will uh, give you a gift. Hodor, we'll give him a Hodor. That's a fucking lie. Um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll certainly bang out a tweet with your name on it. That's not a gift, but I like the one you're thinking. Um, Come on, yeah, please we'll, just do it. Please. Uh, if you're sitting listening, just go on. Louis McCaffrey, the owl. I've went back to the kind of new age. I'm a man of many names. Man Most of, of them names. you say behind my back. But <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's been great to be back. See you next week. Uh, Keith McGinty. Chris for Pleasure as always. Quick question. If People are getting fed up at Sail Deep Podcasts. Is there any other podcasts that they could listen to? Maybe along the lines of wrestling or something? Uh, you could listen to the Triple Threat Wrestling Podcast with myself and Michael Chapman. Uh, you could search for us on iTunes or Spreaker. Um, all the ins and outs of independent professional wrestling at your service. Also, there's warped footage if you like films. We're, we're, we're doing one soon, I think. Thank you. Good, good little tip. Uh, can teach us pet over there. <laughs> the other two are pissed. Just listen to Cynic. <laughs> Uh, he's Louis McCaffrey he's Keith McGinty I'm Chris Gallagher we're the 90 Minute Cynic and we'll speak to you down the road I hate worrying about the future cause all my current problems are based around the past and I hate when you call me late at night just to check in to make sure I got nothing to be sad about but it's alright and I'm okay I won't need your help anyway, I will I hate having to think about my future When all I want to do is worry about everyone but me